Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Golf Screen Guild Theater. Director of the Golf Theater and your host, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everybody. Your neighborhood good golf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies again welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. And tonight, as usual, we have more of your favorite stars. Joan Crawford, Lou Ayers, Ronald Coleman, Montague Love, and, of course, Oscar Bradley and his Gulf Orchestra. And incidentally, Ronnie Coleman is the subject of a mild rib today. It seems the day after he finished making the light that failed for Paramount, Ronnie was strolling in his garden when he heard an automobile horn blow at his gate saw a car, just like that of a friend of his, hopped over the fence, threw open the car door, and sat down. <laughs> then suddenly realized he was sitting right between two tourists. I, I don't know who was the more surprised, Ronnie or the visiting fireman. You know, both Joan Crawford and Lou Ayers have been working almost day and night the past week, yet, yet both of them gave up what spare time they had in order to rehearse for their appearance here in the Gulf Theater tonight. That's because the Gulf Theater is really the star's own theater. For every single cent of the money that Gulf would ordinarily give to the stars who appear here is given instead to meet the needs of the Motion Picture Relief Fund and to build a home for those members of the picture industry who can no longer provide for themselves. And now the lights are beginning to dim, so on with the show. Tonight we bring you a play written by Leonard Spiegelgas and called None Shall Part Us. Our play opens in Paris. The month is September, the year 1937. It tells the story of four people. Sarah Farrington, played by Joan Crawford. Michael Farrington, who's Lou Ayres. Captain Alan Harcourt, personated by Ronald Coleman. And Sir George Pacman, played by Montague Love. It's early evening. And in a small cafe, we first meet Sarah and Michael. And now a stage manager, I call for lights. Music. Curtain. Your health, Mrs. Barrington. Oh, no, it's my turn to toast. Here's to the curé who married us. By the way, darling, did you notice he had tears in his eyes when we left? Mm-hmm. Well, the old boy wasn't crying over us. Those were tears of gratitude for the fee I slipped. Oh, Michael. That's a fact. Listen, that's my favorite song. Isn't it the love song from Ireland, please? Yes. Remember? None shall part us from each other. Look, let's get the car and, and drive up to Sacre Coeur. And there we can look down on the whole of Paris. And we'll wave goodbye and drive on until a road sign says, Welcome to Italy or Algiers or, or Tibet or wherever we have to stop for gas. Then we'll Hello, go... Farrington. What? Oh, oh, hello, Harcourt. I thought I'd find you in Paris. We just missed each other in Rome and Vienna. Yes, by only a few moments. What a pity. Well, you know me, always on the go. 
Oh, I'm sorry. You haven't met my wife, Captain. Your wife? Yes, we were married this afternoon. Sarah, darling, this is a very old friend of mine, Captain Alan Harker. How do you do, Captain Harker? How do you do? Oh, haven't we met somewhere before? London, Sussex, Packman House? Of course. You're Sir George Packman's daughter. <laughs> you see, Sarah, you can't keep anything from Harker. He never forgets a face. Oh, for a moment I thought I might have made a very special impression. As a matter of fact, you did. Uh, I wonder if I might take your husband away for a few minutes. There's something important I'd like to discuss with him. You aren't by any chance referring to that business in London? That's right. I thought you'd know what it was. Oh, no business now, Michael. Please. You see, my, my wife and I were planning a sort of moratorium on uh, everyday affairs. I hoped we could take the Dover boat tonight. We'd be in London tomorrow morning. The Dover boat tonight? London tomorrow? Oh, that's ridiculous, Captain Harcourt. Michael and I are driving up to Sacre-Cœur in the moonlight. And then on to Italy, Algiers, and Tibet. And we're never coming back to reality, are we, darling? doesn't seem to be holding us up, Mrs. Farrington. We should sight the coast in an hour. Oh, I wish we weren't going there. Why did you let Captain Harker talk you into it, Michael? Mm, the captain can be very persuasive. He practically never loses an argument. Tell me, when did you and Michael meet? <laughs> On Wednesday last. It was a whole week before we decided to get married. <laughs> One of the longest engagements on record. <laughs> Have you written your father the good news, Mrs. Farrington? No, I'm saving Michael for a surprise. A sort of look what I've brought back from Paris with me. <laughs> exactly. And I know he'll find Michael as charming as I do. I hope so. Oh, I, I'll be wearing a top hat to cover my uh, horns. I planned a cable, Father, when we knew where we were going, but I never thought it would be Dover. But I'll tell you what, darling. You give me ten minutes alone with Harcourt, and, and perhaps I, I can talk him out of this nonsense. All right. I'll go down and inspect our luxurious stateroom. I don't think anyone's been in it since Mary, Queen of Scots. Now, Harcourt, let's be ourselves. I suppose I should be flattered that they finally set you on my trail. Makes me almost an international crisis. When are you going to tell her, Farrington? You know I can't tell her must be some other way. There's no other way. Then why didn't you come right out with it instead of pretending you were an old friend? Would you have liked me to? No. No, it's got to come from you. Uh, I'll admit to an occasional robbery, but you'll have to prove the murder. I know, I know, but there was murder, and you're going to hang for it. It's one thing to be a gentleman thief playing ducks and drakes with the police, but why get a girl, a girl like Sarah, into this mess? Uh, my luck failed me, that's all. I'd been in the clear by now if it hadn't been for you. Well, you'll have to tell her as soon as she comes back. All right. All right, Hawk. Let me have a cigarette, will you? There you are. Light? Please. You. You. This won't help you, Pennington. Let that gun drop or I'll break your arm. That's the ticket. Now stand over there. You can't get off the boat. I can if I dispose of you. My dear friend, Captain Harcourt, lost at sea. Most unfortunate. I couldn't stay any longer. I just... Why, oh, Michael, 
What on earth are you doing with that gun? Gun? Oh, uh, it belongs to Hawkett. Oh, I hate guns. He was just showing it Well, to give me. it back. Well, Sarah, well, I, uh... Before it goes off or something. Come on. Thank you, Pennington. Did you settle anything while I was away? No. No, darling. Parker seems absolutely set on our going to London. Seems I'm fated to be the villain, Mrs. Pennington. Well, I suppose we'll just have to make the best of it, won't we? Yes, I guess we will. Well, let's have a celebration anyway. Let's let's celebrate Harkett's unfailing good health. And someday, after we've been everywhere and done everything, I think we'll take a place near the sea. But we wouldn't want to stay there all the time, would we, Michael? Why, not with the whole world to stretch our legs in. More champagne, Hawkins? No, thanks. I've had quite enough. Darling, you know, we haven't been fair to Hawkett. Why? What do you mean? You know, he's never seen you in that blue dress. The one you were wearing the day we met. Makes your eyes as blue as the lakes at twilight. Then indeed you haven't been fair to me. Please put it on. Now? <laughs> but Mike, we're so late. I know, but somehow I, I want to remember this funny little cabin and, and you... Looking so beautiful, everyone envied me. <laughs> All right, darling. I won't be long. If you and Captain Harkett will go up on deck. Sarah, yes. you going to kiss me? Goodbye? I'll only be gone five minutes. You don't know how long five minutes can be. There. We'll meet you at the top of the stairs. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye. After you, Harkett. There isn't much time for a compromise. Compromise? What kind of game are you playing now? Look, you're taking me back to hang. But I can give you the same results with far less trouble. What are you talking about? I'm asking permission to die, but in my own way. You haven't that choice, neither have I. I'm not asking for myself, you know that. I would keep my wife out of it. Yes, I've already thought of that. Will the law be overly cheated if we let Sarah think I was a reckless young man who... Simply drank too much wine and fell into the channel? Ah, that appeals to you as a grand gesture. But you haven't the courage for it. Hmm? Well, every man likes to believe he's brave. I think I'll take a turn around the deck. Care to come along? No, thanks. No, I'll be here when Sarah gets back. Michael? Michael? Over here by the rail, Mrs. Pennington. Oh, Oh, where's Michael? He'll be back directly. Why are you trembling? Is anything wrong? I, I don't know. While I was dressing, I thought I heard Michael call me. Well, you couldn't have. He was here with me until a moment ago. Listen. What? Didn't you hear? I heard the foghorn. But the music, didn't you hear that? No. No music. Sounded just like that song we were talking about. What, Iolanthe? Yes, our song. Michael's in mind. Do you know it? Oh, yes. None shall part us from each other. Isn't that how it goes? One in life, 
and love are we? Yes. Didn't you hear it that time? Oh, it's only your imagination. I guess I'm hearing things. Are you sure Michael said he'd come back here? Oh, quite sure. Now, you're getting yourself upset over nothing. Yes, I... Yes, I suppose I am. But if you knew how much I love him, how empty my whole life would be. What was that they shouted? Some command. But didn't he say... Now, come, let's wait for Michael downstairs. Just one of the crew. Michael. Well, come below, sir. Oh, it's Michael. Oh, dear God. Ladies and gentlemen, the curtain falls on act one of our play. In the brief minute before the curtain rises and you learn more about the mysterious Michael, and before we get an answer to the question of what will happen to Sarah, Mr. John Conti has a question he'd like to ask you. Thank you, Raj. Ladies and gentlemen, when you notice a neighbor going out of his way to be helpful and friendly, you usually feel that he's a pretty good sort of fellow, don't you? Well, when you get to know him you're pretty sure to feel the same way about your neighborhood good golf dealer. And for the same reason. Because your good golf dealer is always ready with little extra services that you don't get everywhere. He's got a free golf funny weekly for you, for instance. Something that's exclusive with golf. And of course, he's got that knock-proof golf no-knocks gasoline and that grand golf pride motor oil. Something else that you can get only when you see the golf orange disc. So next time you're out in your car and need gas or oil or service, give a thought to the man who helps bring the stars of the Gulf Theater into your home. The man who's always ready to make your trip pleasanter and to make your car run smoother. And stop at your neighborhood good golf dealers. is about to rise on the second act of tonight's play in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater, starring Joan Crawford, Ronald Coleman, Lou Ayers, and Montague Love. It's three weeks later in the country house of Sir George Pacman. Lights! Music! Michael Farrington being dead, Sir George. The body has been recovered and identified. How is Sarah? I'm worried about her. What do the doctors say? Oh, the usual thing. Rest, time, travel. Well, if there's anything I can do... I'm afraid not. At present, there doesn't seem to be much any of us can do for Sarah. Father told me you said Michael was dead. Sarah, please. He wasn't really dead until my father told me that. Sarah, let me take you home. No, no, I can't go back there. Michael's not there anymore. 
He's not anywhere. I've lost him. I've come to you to find him again. You've got to help me. What do you mean, Sarah? He said that you were his friend. So you knew all about him. All the small, wonderful things I never had the chance to share. But I'm afraid I don't remember all you want to know. You must remember. When people... When people go away, like Michael, they usually leave something behind. A letter or a book with a page turned down to show where they've stopped reading and went to sleep. Or a pen that might have written, I love you, darling. But, you see, I haven't anything that belonged to him. Nothing at all. You think remembering will help? Perhaps it's much better to forget. I want to remember. I must. Tell me, did Michael ever come here? Yeah. Oh, he must have. This is his kind of room. All messy and cluttered with things. Many things. Uh, Which chair did he sit in? Chair? Oh, uh, this one. Here, by the fire. Oh, I might have known Yes. His head must have rested just about here. Yes, I... I think so. <laughs> and this pipe making curls of smoke all the way to the ceiling. Yes, that, that, that was it. Did he ever use this tobacco? He might have. <laughs> and then talking. Did you ever know anyone who talked so much or so beautifully? No, never. Where did you first meet Michael? Why, uh, I, I guess it must have been in, uh, in Paris. Who introduced you? Uh, I believe it was, uh, Colonel Astley. Colonel Astley? Where is he? May I meet him? No, I don't think so. Why not? Well, he's, uh, he's gone to South America. Oh. Oh, but you must have had other friends in common. No, not that I recall. And then... Then you are my only link with Michael. I'm afraid so. We'll have to see each other very often. As often as you wish, Sarah. And together, perhaps we can make everyone see how really great he was. Of course. Together we can do it. Say that again. Together we can do it. That's strange. For a moment when you said that, I... I almost felt that you were Michael. about Uncle Michael and the rescue? No, Aunt Sarah will tell you, darling. Alan leaves out so much. Alan, you must tell them about Michael when he was in Mexico. Mexico? Oh, yes. Well, Michael went down there just at the beginning of the trouble. Michael was the best flyer in England, Aunt Sarah. In England? Oh, he was joking. Your Uncle Michael was the greatest flyer in the whole world. In laying this cornerstone of what will be the Michael Farrington home for underprivileged children, we are perpetuating the memory of a fine man, Michael Farrington. simply got to let up. If you don't, you'll drop in your tracks. You're not yourself. I'm quite all right. 
why not be satisfied with what you've already done for Michael? You can't live forever with a ghost. There isn't anything I'd change. Not now. Perhaps someday. Not someday. Now. This minute. Michael's been dead for more than a year. You and I are alive. There's so much ahead for both of us. Together, Sarah. No, Alan, don't. Why? You're forgetting Michael. There is no Michael. There's only you and I. Look at me, Sarah. Don't shut out everything else. Please don't. Sarah. Sarah, darling. I love you. Oh, Alan. Why did you say that? Now you've spoiled everything. Please go. Sarah. No, I mean it. Please go. Was Michael in Tibet? No, in China. But you said in Brazil... You're thinking of Mexico. Did he ride that time? I believe he flew. But are you sure? I think that's so. Did Michael save them? I'm sure he did. Was it really Michael? I, I can't remember. Can't remember? No, I don't know. Michael? Alan. Michael? Alan. Alan, help me. Alan. You've got to do, Harkett. That's why I sent for you. But, Sir George, what can I do? It's a fixation. She's got to be shocked out of it. The doctors all agree on that. I know. I created this ghost for her, and now you want me to destroy it. Exactly. But you understand, I love Sarah. If I do what you want me to do... But if you don't do it, Harkett, there's no hope for her. It's as bad as that? As bad as that. All right. I'll do it. I'm so glad you came, Alan. Are you, Sarah? Yes, the last month's been dreadful without you. Oh, I've missed seeing you, too. I've been so confused. Well, you've been ill. No, no, I'm not ill, just... Well, I felt so alone at times. As though Michael had gone away forever. Or I had never been. I even walked down here to the cliff to listen to the sea and try to hear his voice. Sarah, nothing's imperishable. Everything has to end. Yes, I know. And now all that is ended. Everything's all right now and Michael's back. He came back with you. Now we can talk about him and he'll speak to me again. No, that isn't what I mean, Sarah. It's time we ended with Michael. With Michael? When you came to my rooms over a year ago, you were sick in mind and soul. Of course, but now I'm I was foolish right. enough to believe I could cure you. You did, Alan. No, I've given you happiness, but I've nearly destroyed you. If this is about Michael... It is, but not the Michael you knew. I don't like you when you talk like that, Alan. Oh, you'll hate me when I finish. I don't want to hear. I'm afraid you must. You've got to know the real Michael instead of the one I created. There's for. only one Michael. Yes, the Michael you married. The Michael who was cheap and small. No. A scoundrel, a thief, and a murderer. No, I won't listen. He was never my friend. He hated me because I arrested him on the day he married You're you. Lying. Michael wasn't even his name. You married David Crichton, oh. wanted by the police. But you're infatuated with Michael Farrington, no. who never lived at all. Sarah, come back. Michael! The cliff. Sarah, come back. 
Glad you came, Harper. How is she? Out of danger. She's been calling for Michael. Still there? May I speak to her? I wish you would. I'll wait for you downstairs. Michael. Yes. Yes, Sarah, darling. Where are you? Here, close beside you. You went away. Oh, but I'm back. Don't ever leave me again. No, no, I won't. Not ever. Not if you live. You must live, darling. For me. For you, Michael. We've so many things to do. Don't you remember? We must still drive up to Sacré-Cœur in the moonlight and look down on the whole of Paris with stars above and below us. And then? Then in the morning, driving on and on until a road sign says, Welcome to Italy or Algiers or Tibet, wherever our car runs out of gas. Yes. Yes, I remember. And I'll be so proud of you. Will I wear the blue dress? Oh, yes. Yes, Sarah. Didn't I insist you put it on that night on the boat? Yes, Michael. And when you came up, you were so beautiful, everyone envied me. What? On the deck of the steamer, darling. You remember? But you didn't see the dress that night. Yes, I did, Sarah. No. Michael wasn't there. It was Alan who was waiting for me. No, Sarah, no. You're not Michael. You're Alan. Yes, I'm Alan. Oh, Alan. I wanted so to die to be with Michael. But when I ran toward him on the cliff, he spoke to me. Only it wasn't his voice. It was... It was your voice. You are Michael. You created him for me. I had to, sir. It was torture because I loved you all the while. And our song, Michael's and mine, that was yours too, wasn't it? Remember? Yes. None shall part us from each other. One in love and life are we. All in all to one another, I to thou and thou to me. Oh, I've been so wrong. It was you, always you I needed. We'll start from the beginning, Sarah. I'll make you happy again. Happy? Oh, but Alan. Alan, I am happy. Thank you, Joan, Lou, Ronnie, and Montague for your wonderful performances. I, I I, don't know what I can say except thank you, thank you, thank you. And now, now, don't go far away because in just a moment we're going to ask you to step before our curtain here in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater and take part in our weekly feature, The Question Box. You see, you must answer my questions about Hollywood correctly or else pay any forfeit I name. For instance, Gary Cooper missed last week and he had to play a solo on the kazoo... <laughs> Well, all right, here we go. Uh, now, wait a minute. What did I do with those questions? I hope you lost them. Oh, hey, Rod, you just put them over there. That's right, by the foot. Oh, yeah, there they are. Thank you, John. I'm always forgetting something. Well, aren't we all? You know, my grandfather used to tie knots in his necktie to help him remember things. And it wasn't a bad idea, either, because, well, lots of people decide to do something and then forget all about it when the time comes. 
That's why, Raj, before you begin your questions, I'd like to suggest a simple reminder to all of our listeners who've been meaning to try a tank full of Gulf No-Knox gasoline. I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, that you listen for a knock, a motor knock in your automobile engine, and then the instant you hear that knock, drive in at the next good Gulf dealer's and ask for Gulf No-Knox gasoline. Now, if you tried some other gasolines, you might not notice any difference. But when you try Gulf No-Knox, you should. And a big difference, too. Because Gulf No-Knox is made to end motor knocks under all normal driving conditions. No-Knox has been raised to such a high octane rating that it gives you smooth, flexible power. Makes you feel as though you added a couple of extra cylinders to your engine. So tomorrow, don't forget, when you hear a motor knock, think of Gulf No Knocks and fill up at the sign of the Gulf Orange Dip. Thank you, John Conti. And now the first question goes to Joan Crawford. Oh, by the way, Joan, I saw you in MGM's The Women. You were swell. Thank you, Roger, sweet, but what about that question? Well, all right, here it is. If you went to a Broadway show in 1927, which of the following names would you most likely have seen dancing in the chorus? Forrest Karloff, James Cagney... Freddie Bartholomew, Pat O'Brien, Robert Montgomery, or Maxie Rosenblum? I give up. Well, well, the answer is Pat O'Brien and James Cagney. Both of them used to be chorus boys. Well, I knew it all the time, but the last person to call them chorus boys is still in the hospital. <laughs> well, I can understand that, but nevertheless, you have to pay a forfeit. Now, oh. let me see. You must, uh, you must spell your name backwards, fast, three times. Uh... Oh, Artie. D R O O R R F L O. I don't know. Well, thank you. Thank you ever so much, Joan Crawford. And the next question goes to Lou Ayers, whom you'll soon be seeing in MGM's new picture, Remember. Lou, uh, what female star has always appeared as a male in pictures? Ah, uh, bet you thought you had me that time. It's, uh... I still think I have. Mm-mm. All right. Baby Sandy. Baby Sandy is right. <laughs> That's right, Lou. He is a girl. And now the next question goes to Ronald Coleman. Yes, yes, brother. All right. <laughs> All right, Ron, here it is. Uh, who is the only living woman... I got that? The only living woman who was made the central character in a novel written by one of the world's greatest writers of mystery stories. Uh, mystery writer, hmm? Mm-hmm. Mystery writer. Did he write that question? <laughs> well, he might I know, I, I'm sorry, it's still a mystery. Still a mystery? Well, Ronnie, the answer is Gracie Allen in the Gracie Allen murder case written by S.S. Van Dyne. Uh, in... <laughs> Incidentally, Gracie Allen's going to be here in the Gulf Screen Guild Theater next week with George Burns, James Cagney, the star of Underpup, J.M. Kerrigan, Gloria G. Jean... 